So all you beautiful farmsteaders, land lovers, and dreamers, every year, September and October brings the height of breeding season for my sheep. That means I'm dealing with dun 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 rams, ramy behavior. We are talking rams today. I am Judith Farrell Horvath, farmer, owner, shepherdess, goat herder, milkmaid, poultry wrangler, wrangler here at Fairhill Farm in Central Ohio. I started with illegal backyard chickens while I was at my white collar job. After eight years, our family made the leap to farm life. And that's what I talk about here at the Fairhill Farmcast. I share stories, talk about what it feels like when you don't even know what you don't know. And it's okay, because how else can you truly appreciate the real cost of food and the labor of farmers? Drinking from the fire hose of farm life, nothing like it. My mission is to tell you like it is in order to help you sidestep avoidable errors and unnecessary costs or losses as you journey toward your dream of having a farm life. And boy, is it worth it. So technically September through October is breeding season, but late October is really the midst of the planning and logistics when it comes to propagation and increasing of the flock. Because every year I need to produce more livestock. Right now, though, I'm watching the sheep, and that's my focus. They're all pregnant, I hope, but I'm starting to look at the prenatal care of the ewes, evaluating the maiden or first-time or yearling ewes um, for their first pregnancies, and starting supplemental feed. For what purpose, you say? Well, when it comes to sheep I raise, they're meat animals, and right now there is a huge demand for registered parasite-resistant breeding animals. Word's getting around and people are leaving the woolies and moving to hair sheep for really solid reasons, including health, taste, and no shearing. So here at Fairhill, every year, I review and decide which ewes may be candidates for their offspring to be breeding rams or foundation ewes based on the traits that I'm selecting for. It's a pretty in-depth process, really, because I want to gradually increase the size of my flock as my pastures become more productive, but also I want to produce more quality breeding animals for my customers, mentees, students and other farmsteaders. I'd rather eat an inferior animal than sell it to an unsuspecting newbie. So there are some things at play here and some tough choices. I need to decide who stays, who goes, and for what purpose. It's a huge part of the process. So as this is all about rams, let's look real quickly at the high level things that we're gonna cover. In the ram basics, flock dynamics, and the consideration of rams who are with their flocks year round, because that's how we roll here. I know it's unusual, more of that in a second. So just to get something out of the way first, the mental picture of little newborn lambs bouncing on a bright lush late spring pastures, yeah, that's not the case. By the time the grass is green here and lush, my lambs are five months old, that's because here at Fair Hill, we are on a grass-fed system and we have Katahdin hair sheep, a couple Icelandics too. So our lambing season is best here in central Ohio when we have deep winter babies. I know that anyone new to sheep, it sounds weird, counterintuitive, and even all oh, those terrible babies born in cold weather. Yeah, I know. I was skeptical too, but trust me when I say that I've failed at having healthy lambs in warmer months. I'm totally a believer now. I'm telling you this because please just trust me on this. You want to have babies old enough to have healthy immune systems and weaned off moms before the parasites are active on the pastures. That gives them the better chance of resisting and even living with parasites without negative effects. So that means that lambs should be born in January and February. There's a lot of mechanisms contributing to this, which I'll get more into this in early spring podcasts when I talk about the lamb crop, but just trust me on this. So it's better to be an uncomfortable shepherdess or shepherd than losing your lambs to something that's avoidable. 
That's how we roll here. That's what I'm talking about. So that's the timing thing. Yeah, winter lambs. So in order to have lambs, you need rams. So rams are necessary for running my flock. These are big beasts. These are powerful animals and they're unpredictable. Let's be real. These are dangerous animals and they're particularly dangerous when it's breeding season. And while it's true, Katahdins can breed year round, there's most definitely a seasonality to the raminess, if you will, of rams. So for me, I can consider that time from late August when evenings start to cool till all ewes are pregnant or settled in sheep lingo, maybe late September. Now, I also have a couple Icelandic ewes and their breeding system is a little bit later. So that extends the breeding season here into late October because they don't cycle till after most of the Katahdins are done because those ewes are running with them. My breeding system's a little bit extended. So given all that, and given how I keep my sheep, I'm gonna say this again. Rams are unpredictable, and that's what makes them dangerous. So, number one thing I tell my students and my mentees, never turn your back on a ram. Never trust any ram. Never trust any male sheep who is intact, intact to not express ram behaviors after six months of age. Even if there are no ewes present, it doesn't matter. He's still a ram and his body still knows what time of year it is. Especially, and this is the biggest one, especially never ever buy a bottle baby ram. This is in red, underlined with flashing arrows pointed at that. Never ever buy a bottle raised ram. He's not gonna be gentler because he was bottle fed. He won't be afraid of humans and he won't be respectful. He will likely be the most dangerous animal that you can imagine for his size. Okay, so now that I've scared you, um, I'm gonna say something else. It's gonna be unpopular and I'll probably get scorched for this, but whatever. I've seen what a ram can do to a human. So I'm also gonna take a hard line and say, in my opinion, it is unethical for any person to sell an intact male sheep bottle baby or selling a ram who was a bottle baby to encourage anyone to rescue one, take in a ram who has been bottle fed by saying, gentle, bottle raised ram. I can't even, like it's, okay. So let's go a little further and give an example of how this should impact decision-making. By that same logic, if I have babies who need to be on bottles, maybe I have triplets and a first time mom who can't keep up with milk demand, or maybe a ewe gets mastitis on one side, things happen. Anyway, there's a lot of different reasons why bottle babies can, end up being the case, I will take a ewe lamb from a ewe and leave the males on the mom so that the male is not a bottle baby, even if the female is the bigger lamb who has the greater chance of survival. Does that make sense? I also keep as few rams as possible. Here's how. When I have mixed breed males that I know will be freezer bound, so my Icelandic and Katahdin crosses are examples of those. They are band castrated when they're very small, like three to five days. That ensures that I'm not sending out rams indiscriminately into the farmiverse or to other new owners deciding they can't go to freezer camp. That's fine because he's a weather. That's the name for a castrated male sheep, a weather. I've just done that animal and those people a service and I've reduced the chance of a pet ram somewhere. So let's talk about how to work with rams and ram lambs and not encourage aggression. Well, I had a big, beautiful ram, super friendly, a little too friendly, really. He was like a farm mascot, would always come running if I called him. He hate tomatoes out of my hand through the fence. What a sweetie. But I had to tell people, do not pet his face. I was never in the field with him. 
I always had a fence or a gate between me and him. No face scratches, no play butts, no putting up with any kind of shoving fun, even through the fence, even when he was younger, no bashing buckets. No, no, no. And when it was mating season, no one was allowed to go near him. Everyone stayed away from him. And I said, no, do not pet the sheep. Because even though these games, even when they're little, are not aggressive for youngsters, adults raised this way can become too friendly and they don't respect space. And that's the problem. I ended up with a ram who didn't respect my space and it really seemed like he would love to play. My son will tell you, rams have only one game they like. They like to play smush. <laughs> he says this because he accidentally allowed my sweet ram to play smush with him in a moment of, I don't know, sheer bravado or, I don't know, thoughtlessness. He's not sure either, but whatever. My son got lucky straight up. That ram lunged towards him from three feet away, then stopped and beep, just lightly tapped him. He's 19 years old at the time. Tapped him in the abdomen. That kiddo couldn't keep down food for three days afterwards, and that ram didn't have horns. My katans are naturally pulled all born without horns. He wasn't aggressive. That was a play behavior, and it still caused physical problems. Shepherds have been killed by rams, and I'm gonna say this, in my experience, given bulls that I've been around, male goats I've been around, as a group, rams are more dangerous than bulls or bucks, intact male goat, <coughs> excuse me, speaking in generalities here. I'm gonna say this again, never turn your back on a ram. Never give a ram a chance to get to you. Never allow yourself to be in a situation where you're vulnerable to being hit by a ram. And when I say hit, I mean more than one foot distance between you and a ram. That's all it takes to break human bone. A 200 to 400 pound animal hitting you with at least his own body weight, or maybe two or three times if he's lunging fast, at knee to waist height, that's the physics of it. You can get your knee broken sideways in the blink of an eye or worse, when your head hits the ground. Here's the rest of the reality. I've read of sweet, gentle rams who are reliable, unless they're in season. Then look out. Till season is over, then their sweet, gentle nature returns. So figure out a way to deal with a ram or do not get one. I also encourage my sheep newbies to wait one year before dealing with the ram. It's difficult enough to learn how to keep sheep without the additional complicator of a breeding male, managing him, learning the body language, and having the lambing process all in this first year. Now, let's talk about putting them in with the flock. The simple answer is, when do you put them in the flock? Five to six months before you want lambs. If there's a bigger group, then you might be looking at a couple groups. For me, I kind of rolled the dice and I only keep one ram, but that's because I am also that shepherdess who runs the ram in with the ewes and my flock year round. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah, I know, it's kind of unusual. If you're thinking about raising sheep and you've done any homework, it's likely you've read that running a ram with the ewes year round will result in chaos. No, don't do it. Rams will kill lambs, pregnant ewes. They'll breed them to death. Your sheep will, sheep will be overbred. There will be lambs hitting the ground year-round, etc., etc. Lordy, I have seen people flamed and lectured on Facebook groups. Yeah. So I'm telling you that here on my farm, nothing of that sort has happened. Why? It's really easy. I don't keep jerks. It really is that simple. And here's how I see it. I view all those jerk behaviors as indicators of jerk rams. It's not natural for any breeding male to kill his progeny and his mates, at least not in sheep. I don't need to put up with that. And I certainly don't wish to perpetuate traits like that in my flock either, nor do I want to sell animals 
who do that to other farmers, especially new ones, will then have to deal with that either. No, so I don't keep jerks. I don't have to. There are nice rams. Jerks go to freezer camp, not the sale barn, and they taste just as good as crossbred lambs. Now to be fair, there is a timing aspect when I'm putting them in with my ewes. I did add my new rams to my flocks at the end of July, right before breeding season. And I did this intentionally so that they could socially settle in before the hormones started flowing. There's also ewe management. I allow my ewes to naturally wean their lambs. That means they aren't separated from their moms. My motivation is to keep natural dynamics in the group that reduce stress on the ewes and the lambs, and also stress on the sire, the ram, who is naturally protective. So I feel like it's also less likely for a nursing mother to cycle than a dry mother, thus reducing twice yearly breeding pattern, which is what everyone says will happen. So the nursing cycling connection is all pure conjecture on my part, but so far I've gotten the results I've hoped for. So all good. I've also read that some breeders say that if you're going to run rams with their ewes year round, it can be chaotic for a couple years and then it settles into a nice seasonal cadence. Back before I decided to get my first ram, I read that and it made sense to me. I was willing to roll the dice and just felt like a system that I could be comfortable with and believe in. And so far it's worked. But there has to be a downside. Yeah, there sure is. So unless I have my ram penned up or gated off, I can't walk amongst my ewes and enjoy them. And it's sort of sad. I mean, I need to be careful with visitors and helpers of young extended family and people who are in the pasture and whatever. I need to think before I work in sheep areas. It takes planning basically and additional considerations. But overall, for me, on my farm, its size and the way I operate things, it's worth it to me. So what about those ram lambs if they're still out there on their moms? How to handle it? Well, they get tagged and sold in summer. In June, they are out. So they should be five months old or so when they leave. Still too small to truly challenge their sire. And so far, peace has reigned and no siblings have become or mothers have become pregnant from a late sold ram lamb. What about the ewe lambs being bred by their father? I've been asked. If I'm keeping them, I will breed one generation back to their sire if I want a really specific trait, but never two. So after there's a certain amount of genetic influence in the flock, I get a new ram. It's how things go. So sadly, good sires work themselves out of a job in small flocks. However, I've also seen people sell all their ewes and purchase a new group and keep a ram. Your farm, your choices. So remember, my success running rams with his ladies year-round at my place is not an indicator of your future rams performance on your farm. So a quick PSA I need to say, do not adopt or purchase any sheep or goats for your farm from public auctions. Special breeder auctions are fine, that's different. Those are specific sanctioned events and they're very controlled. This is because public sale barns and auctions are where people ship their problems. If another ram farmer has a mean ram, their friend tells them, I just sell them. What about a barren you? Oh, seller. So don't go to a sale expecting a non-problem animal. You might get lucky, but it's just not realistic to get your actual hoped for result. Saving just a couple hundred dollars is a benefit. As an added concern, remember that the auction environment itself means that animals can contract diseases and viruses that even if they're healthy when they got there, you can bring them home because they got infected in contact with other non-desirable animals and that can affect your entire flock. 
And the reason I brought up goats earlier is because there are certain viruses and situations that sheep and goats can pass through a fence to each other, even if they share certain water buckets or whatever. So if you're having one, you need to keep the other in mind. So I say, if you're looking for breeding stock, do not do it, no matter how tempting it is. I'm saying for the exact same thing that your future you is telling yourself, looking backwards, after you end up with OPP in your sheep, CAE in your goats, or hoof rot in your entire fields, or brucellosis outbreak, or super resistant parasites that take down your flock and get established into your pastures, don't do it. No, just say no. Okay, so moving on. Maybe you're waiting to get a ram now because I've talked you out of it. It's not a failure, and it doesn't make you look less manly or less ambitious. It's not cowardice. It's smart. It's smart. It will save you a lot of money because to get a good ram, a good flock sire, remember, all of your lambs are going to have his influence, whereas one you, only one set of lambs will have her influence. You should be prepared to pay three to four times the cost for a good ram as a grade U. That means if you can pick up a grade U, an unregistered U for 200, be prepared to pay 800 to 1,000 for a good ram. Registered, top quality, hopefully with NSIP numbers. If you're just getting started, what do you do instead? Well, I suggest you get some non-registered grade sheep from a clean source, one who tests, one who's reputable. Just get ewes and weathers as weaned lambs. Ask that breeder if they'll be your mentor and see if they will answer questions for you, especially if you have a connection with them. And be honest with what you're doing. Plan to, at the end of the season, process the ones who are bad behaved, jump fences, don't stay healthy, don't look as good as the others, and all the weathers that you got. And see if you like what you have in your freezer. Because if you don't like the way it tastes, you're not going to want to grow more. Keep the use you like and continue until you've got enough experience under your belt to feel like you can step up your own breeding program two of your own breeding program your first year your job is to learn how to keep animals healthy breeding animals and youngsters is a second and third level up so don't start at level three expecting you're going to be madly successful you might be but don't expect it start at level one expect losses they will happen these are sheep and on year one they are your training wheel sheep I wrote a blog post about training wheel sheep, and it's amazing what you're going to learn just from your first year. Some good stuff, some not good stuff, but all valuable. Okay, so trip, tip for October, feed your sheep pumpkins. This time of year, there's a lot of extras all over. Get some. They might even be free at Kroger or sitting out in a field that someone didn't sell. Get some, heave them over the fence, break them, smush them first, pitch them into the pasture, and watch your orange-faced sheep have a great day. I'm wishing you a very smooth, and may you have a very boring lambing season if you are breeding this year. As always, drop me a line if you have any questions about anything I discussed here or other stuff. I love to hear from you all. Thanks all. I will see you in the field.